Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new-to-you styles. My favorite thing about Armoire is all the different style and occasion options from casual to athleisure to night out, work formal, work casual, a total of eight different occasions, three weather options, and 11 categories including accessories, outerwear, and blazers, just to name a few. With Armoire, you can always have something new to wear without the hassle and closet clutter. You know the feeling. You open your closet, it's full, but you have quite literally nothing to wear. You're bored with everything in there. Enter Armoire. Armoire allows you to rent high-quality designer clothes for every occasion. Whether you're planning your outfit for date night, packing for a conference, or in need of a gown for a black tie event, you will be the best-dressed person in the room. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off the first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash parenting. That's armoire.style. A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash parenting to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline. Your Village is the most comprehensive site for evidence-based parenting classes available on demand at yourvillageonline.com. Our 50-plus classes give parents the foundation, steps, and tools for creating strong, healthy relationships with their children, resulting in responsible, cooperative, happy, and successful children and families. My goal is to help parents support their children in finding and reaching their own unique potential. The podcast is a place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your village founder and your host, Erin Royer. So if you weren't aware, this just happens to be National Sleep Week. So I wanted to share some statistics on sleep, how much we should be getting and how much we're actually getting. First, according to the CDC, more than one in three American adults are not getting enough sleep. Getting less than the recommended hours of sleep puts us at risk for obesity, diabetes, high blood pressure, stroke, mental distress, coronary heart disease, and early death. Yikes. When it comes to kids, according to the Sleep Foundation's new recommended sleep guidelines from 2015 and the reports of actual sleep kids are getting from sleepforkids.org, most babies and kids are averaging in the recommended range, but on the lower end. So we'd like to see it more towards the middle since these are averages, because it means there are still quite a few kids out there who are falling under the recommendations. For infants from three to 11 months, they should be getting 12 to 15 hours. Now they're averaging 12.7 hours, not too bad. We'd like to see that more around 13 and a half. 
Toddlers, age one to three, should be getting 11 to 14 hours and are averaging 11.7 hours. Preschoolers, ages three to five, should average 10 to 13, but are only getting 10.4. They're barely falling into that cusp. And school-aged children, first through fifth grades, get 8.9 hours, which is almost within the recommended nine to 11 hours. So as you can see, as kids age, they're starting to fall lower and lower on the averages and then starting to fall under. And when we get to the teens who are recommended to get eight to 10 hours of sleep, they're averaging 7.7, that's for 13 and 14 year olds, and 7.1 for 15 to 17 year olds. So now they've fallen way under. So now by the teens, they've really slipped under the recommendation. So this week, I'm going to talk about how to make sure our kids are getting enough sleep. I'll talk about how much sleep kids need and how to choose an appropriate bedtime to allow for enough sleep, including how to deal with time changes for those who live in places that switch the clocks, which is now coming up this weekend. So let's start with the morning routine to figure out the wake up time. Then we'll move backwards from there. So let's say you have to drop your child off at school by 7.45. Factor in all the pieces of the morning routine, dressing, breakfast, brushing teeth, the drive to school, and the walk-up drop-off, and then add five to 10 minutes for padding for any unforeseen issues. You can't find a shoe, last run to the potty, oh, I forgot my library book, I wanted the green plate, not the yellow one. You get the idea. So let's say you figure out that that means you need to wake up your child by 10 to seven. Now you will count backwards to find the time they need to be asleep. This is not bedtime, this is a sleep time. So if your child is four and needs 10 to 13 hours, and those extra hours are usually accounted for by nap. So my oldest stopped napping literally the day he turned three. He just didn't need those extra hours. He's a high energy kid who doesn't need a lot of sleep, so he fell closer to the 10 hours. My twin boy Chandler was always my best sleeper. Slept through the night before anyone else, well, by age anyway. He was sleeping through the night around two and a half to three months old. And he needed that 12 to 13 hours a day when he was four. So let's assume the four-year-old in this example needs around 12 hours of sleep and takes a nap for one and a half hours. That means he will need 10 and a half hours at night, which also means he will need to be asleep by 8.20. Now some kids fall asleep in five minutes, others in 20 to 30. So add that in and subtract again. So this means a bedtime, meaning in bed, not starting to get ready, but in bed sometime between 7.45 and 8.15, depending on how long he takes to fall asleep. Then factor in your bedtime routine. The bedtime routine should be around 15 to 20 minutes tops. Getting dressed, brushing teeth, reading a book and or singing a song. The last five minutes also should always be done in the bedroom to help the child calm down and prepare for sleep. Now, obviously, if you consider bath time part of the bedtime routine and you do it nightly, then that would add more to the bedtime routine and more than 15 to 20 minutes total. Now, you may decide that different kids can have different wake-up times if one takes longer to eat or get dressed. We have to do this. Our two younger kids take longer to get dressed and our daughter takes longer to get dressed and to eat. So we have to wake her up first by about 10 minutes. And of course we have it easiest with our oldest because he's always up and dressed way before he needs to be. But the point is, you can give your kids different wake up times and treat them according to their own idiosyncrasies. And actually, you should. So let's talk about the time change coming up and how to deal with that. So this time we're moving forward. Everyone's favorite. And by favorite, I mean least favorite. 
So if we don't start getting our kids ready earlier, Okay, so if we don't start preparing our kids earlier, those first few mornings back at school could be a bit challenging, not to mention the evenings when they're overtired and cranky. So for younger kids, around six and under, I always strongly recommend that parents start three days ahead. So starting tonight or the Thursday before the time change, you would put your child to bed 15 minutes earlier each night so that they can slowly transition over the four days. So this would be Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday would be the last night and it works out perfectly because they're now in bed one hour earlier for school the following day. For older kids, you can make the transition less if you want to. So 20 minutes earlier, three nights in a row or 30 minutes, two nights in a row. A lot of this depends on your child too. Some kids adjust easily or do okay with a little less sleep for a couple of days until they adjust and others do not. So you can just decide what works best for each of your kids and plan accordingly. My younger ones will do best with this full transition. The older one will actually be just fine with no transition at all. It'll take him that first day and that night he'll go to bed an hour earlier and adjust very easily. That first day we may have to wake him up and so that night he'll be tired and ready to go to bed that hour earlier and he'll adjust very easily. Now it's time for our break and when we come back, I will be discussing bedtime struggles and morning routines to make both of those go smoother to allow more time for our kids to sleep. But first, a word from our sponsor. To me, there is nothing more important than my family's health and well-being. We all know the quality of the air in our home is important. But did you know indoor air quality can be up to 100 times dirtier than outdoor air? I've got to tell you about Puro Air. In 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, dander, and gases from the room. Puro Air uses a stronger filter called a HEPA-14 that filters pollutants at a microscopic level and is backed by scientists from Harvard and MIT. In laboratory studies, users saw noticeably cleaner air in just 30 minutes. When it comes to babies and children, there's nothing worse than dealing with a cranky baby or child who can't sleep because of congestion. Air purifiers can help reduce congestion and improve immune system function to fight those winter colds and flus. I use my Puro Air purifiers to clean the air in my home, especially in our bedrooms while we sleep. It has a quiet, relaxing hum and cleans the air from pet dander, allergens, viruses, dust, mold, odors, and contaminants. It has four levels, low, medium, high, and sleep and four different timer options so you can customize it to your home and your needs. Check out Puro Air at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Puro Air is the only air filter that uses a HEPA-14 filter. That's getpuroair.com. Hey, Parenting Beyond Discipline listeners. Ready to create a home that fosters love, warmth, and style? Look no further than Home Threads, your partner in crafting a nurturing environment. At HomeThreads.com, explore a thoughtfully curated collection of furniture designed for families who believe in positive parenting. From cozy reading nooks to durable playroom essentials, our pieces are crafted to enhance your parenting journey. Home Threads has an incredible selection of furniture, decor, and accessories like throw pillows, blankets to snuggle under for family movie nights or reading time that helps you create the warm, cozy home that is the foundation for happy family memories. I love all the great pieces I've gotten from Home Threads to finish the look in my home. 
gorgeous yet durable and cozy accent throw pillows, blankets, and some really cute wall decor. I have an ocean theme throughout my downstairs, so I got a couple of really great wall pieces to finish that look, and some picture frames for the family photos. Visit homethreads.com slash parenting today and get a code for 15% off your order. That's homethreads.com slash parenting to get your code for 15% off your order because great parenting deserves a great home. Home Threads, love where you live. Okay, so what if bedtimes are a struggle and getting kids to bed is a regular evening battle and then it pushes bedtimes? Well, there are two parts to this answer. First, the bedtime struggles are a behavioral issue, not related to the sleep itself, so you will need to get a better handle on the behavior. And I cover some of this in the class on toddler sleep on the website. I cover setting up solid bedtime routines, as well as the issue of repetitive getting out of bed and several different ways of handling that common problem. So if you have issues with bedtime routines or repetitive escapes from bed, even if your child is older than a toddler, you can see that class on the website at yourvillageonline.com under the Development and Health tab at the top. If you are having issues just getting bedtime to move forward, whether it's getting to the bedroom, getting changed, brush teeth, fooling around, playing in general procrastination and pushback, then the discipline classes would be most helpful. Things like one, two, three magic for kids under four, choices, focus on the positive, and if needed, things like consequences or the class on power struggles, and making sure to steer clear of the pitfalls and our little genius tactics, the things our kids try to do to weasel their way out of our attempts to corral their behavior so that the techniques can be used most effectively rather than backfiring. So you can check out the discipline tools on the site if you're struggling with those types of behaviors. So the first part of dealing with bedtime struggles is to make a plan and get them under control. But in the meantime, you need to build in extra time as you work to switch things around. Now, how long should you expect this process to take? Well, the getting out of bed issue, depending on how it's been handled in the past and if and how much the behavior has been rewarded, could take a solid two weeks to get into better habits. But bedtime behaviors, once you have the tools and have them down well and know how to use them effectively, should take three to five nights to get into better habits. After these problems are resolved, bedtimes will no longer need to be padded to account for these struggles. Another thing I want to touch on is morning routines and how to make sure those go as smooth as possible. Because if morning routines go smoothly, it means less padding in the morning to make sure that everything gets done which equates to more sleep, not just for the kids, but for the parents as well. First and foremost, have a routine. Have a specified order for each task. In our house, we work our way from the bedrooms to the kitchen and then out the door. So get dressed, brush teeth, kids eat breakfast while one of us puts their lunches in their backpacks. Then they put their shoes and socks on, their backpack, and out the door. Do as much as you can the night before. For us, this means packing backpacks with library books, homework, or any projects or permission slips that are due, as well as packing lunches. For some kids who really struggle to get up, it may mean choosing clothes and laying them out the night before, including socks and shoes. So it saves a few minutes and could save a mad search for a matching shoe and socks at the last minute. Another common morning hassle is when kids don't stay on task or have to be asked a hundred times to do something before they will do it. This is one of those behavioral issues, just like bedtimes, that needs to be addressed. So just like with fixing bedtimes, 
learning and using positive discipline tools effectively will fix this issue. But one common pattern in many families is that when kids do this, the parent starts asking earlier and earlier for compliance for a task that may not need to be completed for 10 or 15 minutes. This actually ends up working against the goal because the kids know they don't need their shoes on for 10 more minutes, so they just ignore it. It teaches the kids to ignore the parent's request until two minutes before it's time to go and the parent gets really angry, bellows that it's time to put on the shoes. This is the signal that the children actually listen to, that it's time to put on their shoes. They wait till the parent gets angry and frustrated. So this is really a bad pattern that gets created. So have your routine, know what time kids really need to be at the table for breakfast or have their shoes on. And two minutes before, rather than yelling across the room, go over to the child, wherever they are, touch him or her on the shoulder, look him or her in the eye and say, breakfast will be ready in two minutes. You will need to be sitting at the table in two minutes. Finish what you are doing so you can be there on time. Then when it is time, you can call them over for breakfast. Now, depending how bad the pattern has gotten, you may need to stand over them for these first two to three days you're working to change this pattern to let them know you mean business. And this is the new way you're going to be interacting in the mornings now that you will lay down an expectation, you expect them to follow through. So if you are standing right there, you can keep them on task of getting dressed or brushing teeth or getting shoes or whatever. After a few days of this, you should be able to back off and just give the request. Breakfast is in two minutes, please be at the table. For some families that have created really bad habits, it may take five days of some real diligence, but after that investment in fixing the issue, it does pay out and it is well worth it. Now, people do fall back into bad patterns from time to time. So if you see this happening, if you see the kids starting to push back or fool around and then you find yourself repeating yourself, then just go back to going up to your child and giving the reminder, touching them, looking them in the eye and staying nearby if needed. You should only have to do that for a day or two to get everyone right back on track. It's just a gentle reminder about the way you expect things to go in your house and they come right back to their better habits quickly. Another tip for making mornings go smoother is I recommend no screen time rule in the mornings. I've worked with some families where the TV or tablet or games or whatever is the big distraction, where they're trying to get their kids to do something and they've got their face buried in a tablet game or into a television show. So just make a rule that they need to remain turned off during the morning routine. It also can become a problem where some kids will actually wake up early and not get enough sleep just so that they can watch TV or play games. So just be aware of these patterns so that you can adjust if necessary. Now, like I've mentioned, our oldest is one of those kids who is always up early, refreshed and ready to go and gets dressed first thing. He is almost always ready 10 or more minutes earlier than he actually needs to be. So what he likes to do is go outside and play handball when he's waiting for everyone else to finish getting ready. But if it's a rainy day and he's all ready to go, sometimes we will let him play a game on the tablet for a few minutes while he waits for everyone else. That means with his backpack and his shoes, he is literally ready to get up and walk out the door. Next week, I'll be choosing some of the questions that have come in from parents and answering those. I will give some specific steps to parents who are struggling with some specific power struggles and also some issues with aggression at school and at home. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered, you can send an email to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening and see you next time.
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.